Chapter 83 of the D'Artagnan Romances, Volume 2, Twenty Years After, by Alexandre Dumas, translated by William Robson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Strength and Sagacity Now, let us pass the Orangerie to the hunting lodge. At the extremity of the courtyard, where, close to a portico formed of ionic columns, were the dog kennels, rose an oblong building, the pavilion of the Orangerie, a half-circle, enclosing the court of honor. It was in this pavilion on the ground floor that D'Artagnan and Porthos were confined, suffering interminable hours of imprisonment in a manner suitable to each different temperament. D'Artagnan was pacing to and fro like a caged tiger, with dilated eyes, growling as he paced along by the bars of a window looking upon the yard of servants' offices. Porthos was ruminating over an excellent dinner he had just demolished. The one seemed to be deprived of reason, yet he was meditating. The other seemed to meditate, yet he was more than half asleep. But his sleep was a nightmare, which might be guessed by the incoherent manner in which he sometimes snored and sometimes snorted. "'Look,' said D'Artagnan, "'day is declining. It must be nearly four o'clock. We have been in this place nearly eighty-three hours.' "'Hem?' muttered Porthos, with a kind of pretense of answering. "'Did you hear, eternal sleeper?' cried d'artagnan irritated that any one could doze during the day when he had the greatest difficulty in sleeping during the night what said porthos i say we have been here eighty-three hours tis your fault answered porthos how my fault yes i offered you escape by pulling out a bar and pushing down a door certainly Porthos, men like us can't go out from here purely and simply. Faith, said Porthos, as for me, I could go out with that purity and that simplicity, which it seems to me you despise too much. D'Artagnan shrugged his shoulders. And besides, he said, going out of this chamber isn't all. Dear friend, said Porthos, you appear to be in a somewhat better humor today than you were yesterday. Explain to me why going out of this chamber isn't everything. Because, having neither arms nor password, we shouldn't take fifty steps in the court without knocking against a sentinel. Very well, said Porthos. We will kill the sentinel, and we shall have his arms. Yes, but before we can kill him— and he will be hard to kill that swiss he will shriek out and the whole picket will come and we shall be taken like foxes we who are lions and thrown into some dungeon where we shall not even have the consolation of seeing this frightful gray sky of roy which no more resembles the sky of tarb than the moon is like the sun lackaday if we only had someone to instruct us about the physical and moral topography of this castle ha when one thinks that for twenty years, during which time I did not know what to do with myself, it never occurred to me to come to study Roy. "'What difference does that make?' said Porthos. "'We shall go out all the same.' "'Do you know, my dear fellow, why master pastry-cooks never work with their hands?' "'No,' said Porthos. "'But I should be glad to be informed.' It is because in the presence of their pupils they fear that some of their tarts, or creams, may turn out badly cooked. 
what then why then they would be laughed at and a master pastry cook must never be laughed at and what have master pastry cooks to do with us we ought in our adventures never to be defeated or give anyone a chance to laugh at us in england lately we failed we were beaten and that is a blemish on our reputation by whom then were we beaten asked porthos by mordaunt yes but we have drowned monsieur mordaunt that is true and that will redeem us a little in the eyes of posterity if posterity ever looks at us but listen porthos though monsieur mordaunt was a man not to be despised mazarin is not less strong than he and we shall not easily succeed in drowning him we must therefore watch and play a close game for he added with a sigh we two are equal perhaps to eight others but we are not equal to the four that you know of that is true said porthos echoing d'artagnan's sigh well porthos follow my examples walk back and forth till some news of our friends reaches us or till we are visited by a good idea but don't sleep as you do all the time nothing dulls the intellect like sleep as to what may lie before us it is perhaps less serious than we at first thought i don't believe that monsieur de mazarin thinks of cutting off our heads for our heads are not taken off without a previous trial a trial would make a noise and a noise would get the attention of our friends who would check the operations of monsieur de mazarin how well you reason said porthos admiringly well yes pretty well replied d'artagnan and besides you see if they put us on trial if they cut off our heads they must meanwhile either keep us here or transfer us elsewhere yes that is inevitable said porthos well it is impossible with that master aramis that keen-scented bloodhound and athos that wise and prudent nobleman will discover our retreat then believe me it will be time to act yes we will wait we can wait the more contentedly that it is not absolutely bad here but for one thing at least what is that did you observe d'artagnan that three days running they have brought us braised mutton no but if it occurs a fourth time i shall complain of it so never mind and then i feel the loss of my house tis a long time since i visited my castles forget them for a time we shall return to them unless mazarin raises them to the ground do you think that likely no the other cardinal would have done so but this one is too mean a fellow to risk it you reconcile me d'artagnan well then assume a cheerful manner as i do we must joke with the guards we must gain the goodwill of the soldiers since we can't corrupt them try porthos to please them more than you are wont to do when they are under our windows thus far you have done nothing but show them your fist and the more respectable your fist is porthos the less attractive it is ah i would give much to have five hundred louis only so would i said porthos unwilling to be behind d'artagnan in generosity 
I would give as much as a hundred pistoles. The two prisoners were at this point of their conversation when Cominge entered, preceded by a sergeant and two men who brought supper in a basket with two handles filled with basins and plates. What? exclaimed Porthos. Mutton again? My dear Monsieur de Cominge, said D'Artagnan, you will find that my friend Monsieur de Vallon will go to the most fatal lengths if Cardinal Mazarin continues to provide us with this sort of meat. Mutton every day. I declare, said Porthos, I shall eat nothing if they do not take it away. Remove the mutton, cried Cominge. I wish Monsieur de Vallon to sup well, more especially as I have news to give him that will improve his appetite. Is Mazarin dead? asked Porthos. No, I am sorry to tell you, he is perfectly well. So much the worse, said Porthos. What is that news? asked D'Artagnan. News in prison is a fruit so rare that I trust, Monsieur de Cominge, you will excuse my impatience, the more eager since you have given us to understand that the news is good. Should you be glad to hear that the Comte de la Fere is well? asked de Cominge. D'Artagnan's penetrating gray eyes were opened to the utmost. Glad, he cried, I should be more than glad, happy beyond measure. Well, I am desired by him to give you his compliments and to say that he is in good health. D'Artagnan almost leaped with joy. A quick glance conveyed his thought to Porthos. If Athos knows where we are, if he opens communication with us, before long Athos will act. Porthos was not very quick to understand the language of glances, but now since the name of Athos had suggested to him the same idea he understood. "'Do you say,' asked the Gascon timidly, "'that the Comte de la Fere has commissioned you to give his compliments to Monsieur de Vallon and myself?' "'Yes, sir.' then you have seen him certainly i have where if i may ask without indiscretion near here replied de cominge smiling so near that if the windows which look on the orangery were not stopped up you could see him from where you are he is wandering about the environs of the castle thought d'artagnan then he said aloud you met him i dare say in the park hunting perhaps no nearer nearer still look behind this wall said de cominge knocking against the wall behind this wall what is there then behind this wall i was brought here by night so devil take me if i know where i am well said cominge suppose one thing i will suppose anything you please suppose there were a window in this wall well from that window you would see monsieur de la fere at his the count then is in the chateau yes for what reason the same as yourself athos a prisoner you know well 
replied de Comminges, that there are no prisoners at Roy, because there is no prison. Don't let us play upon words, sir. Athos has been arrested. Yesterday at St. Germain, as he came out from the presence of the queen. The arms of D'Artagnan fell powerless by his side. One might have supposed him thunderstruck. A paleness ran like a cloud over his dark skin, but disappeared immediately. A prisoner? He reiterated. A prisoner, repeated Porthos, quite dejected. Suddenly D'Artagnan looked up, and in his eyes there was a gleam which scarcely even Porthos observed, but it died away, and he appeared more sorrowful than before. "'Come, come,' said Comminges, who, since D'Artagnan on the day of Broussel's arrest, had saved him from the hands of the Parisians, had entertained a real affection for him. "'Don't be unhappy. I never thought of bringing you bad news. Laugh at the chance which has brought your friend near to you, and Monsieur de Vallon.' instead of being in the depths of despair about it. But D'Artagnan was still in a desponding mood. "'And how did he look?' asked Porthos, who, perceiving that D'Artagnan had allowed the conversation to drop, profited by it to put in a word or two. Uh, "'Very well, indeed, sir,' replied Comminges. "'At first, like you, he seemed distressed.' but when he heard that the cardinal was going to pay him a visit this very evening. "'Ah!' cried D'Artagnan. "'The cardinal's about to visit the Comte de la Fere.' "'Yes, and the count desired me to tell you that he should take advantage of this visit to plead for you and for himself.' "'Ah, our dear count,' said D'Artagnan. "'A fine thing indeed,' grunted Porthos. A great favor, sounds, Monsieur the Comte de la Fere, whose family is allied to the Montmorency and the Rohan, is easily the equal of Monsieur de Mazarin. No matter, said D'Artagnan in his most wheedling tone. On reflection, my dear Duvalon, it is a great honor for the Comte de la Fere and gives good reason to hope. In fact, it seems to me so great an honor for a prisoner that I think Monsieur de Comminges must be mistaken. What? I am mistaken? Monsieur de Mazarin will not come to visit the Comte de la Fere, but the Comte de la Fere will be sent for to visit him. No, 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 said Comminges, who made a point of having the facts appear exactly as they were. I clearly understood what the cardinal said to me. He will come and visit the Comte de la Fere. D'Artagnan tried to gather from the expression of his eyes whether Porthos understood the importance of that visit, but Porthos did not even look toward him. "'It is, then, the cardinal's custom to walk in his orangerie?' asked D'Artagnan. "'Every evening he shuts himself in there. That, it seems, is where he meditates on state affairs.' "'In that case,' said D'Artagnan, I begin to believe that Monsieur de la Fere will receive the visit of his eminence. He will, of course, have an escort. Yes, two soldiers. And will he talk thus of affairs in presence of two strangers? Uh, the soldiers are Swiss, who understand only German. Besides, according to all probability, they will wait at the door. 
D'Artagnan made a violent effort over himself to keep his face from being too expressive. "'Let the cardinal take care of going alone to visit the Comte de la Fere,' said D'Artagnan, "'for the count must be furious.' Cominge began to laugh. <laughs> "'Why, really, one would say that you four were anthropophagy. The count is an affable man. Besides, he is unarmed.' at the first word from his eminence the two soldiers about him would run to his assistance two soldiers said d'artagnan seeming to remember something two soldiers yes that then is why i hear two men called every evening and see them walking sometimes for half an hour under my window that is it they are waiting for the cardinal or rather for Banouin, who comes to call them when the cardinal goes out. Fine-looking men, upon my word, said D'Artagnan. They belong to the regiment that was at Lens, which the prince assigned to the cardinal. Oh, monsieur, said D'Artagnan, as if to sum up in a word all that conversation, if only his eminence would relent and grant to monsieur de la Fere our liberty i wish it with all my heart said comminges then if he should forget that visit you would find no inconvenience in reminding him of it not at all ah that gives me more confidence this skilful turn of the conversation would have seemed a sublime maneuver to any one who could have read the gascon's soul now said d'artagnan I've one last favor to ask of you, Monsieur de Comminges. At your service, sir. You will see the Count again. Tomorrow morning? Will you remember us to him, and ask him to solicit for me the same favor that he will have obtained? You want the Cardinal to come here? No, I know my place, and I am not so presumptuous. Let his eminence do me the honor to give me a hearing. That's all I want. Oh, muttered Porthos, shaking his head. Never shall I have thought this of him. How misfortune humbles a man. I promise you it shall be done, answered de Comminges. Tell the count that I am well, that you found me sad, but resigned. I am pleased, sir, to hear that. And the same also for Monsieur de Vallon not for me cried porthos i am not by any means resigned but you will be resigned my friend never he will become so monsieur i know him better than he knows himself be silent dear du vallon and resign yourself adieu gentlemen said de comminges sleep well we will try de comminges went away d'artagnan remaining apparently in the same attitude of humble resignation but scarcely had he departed when he turned and clasped porthos in his arms with an expression not to be doubted oh cried porthos what's the matter now have you gone mad my dear friend what is the matter returned d'artagnan we are saved i don't see that at all answered porthos i think we are all taken prisoners except Aramis, and that our chances of getting out are lessened since one more of us is caught 
in Mazarin's mousetrap. Which is far too strong for two of us, but not strong enough for three of us, returned D'Artagnan. I don't understand, said Porthos. Never mind, let's sit down the table and take something to strengthen us for the night. What are we to do then tonight? To travel, perhaps. But sit down, dear friend, to table. When one is eating, ideas flow easily. After supper, when they are perfected, I will communicate my plans to you. So Porthos sat down to table without another word and ate with an appetite that did honor to the confidence that was ever inspired in him by D'Artagnan's inventive imagination. End of chapter 83. Recording by John Van Stan. Savannah, Georgia.